I wonder how often you lose things. You know, you're saying, where are my keys? Where did I put them? And um, they're probably in your pocket. Or, uh, you know, I have this habit of, um, you know, they talk about a woman's handbag. Now, mine's not that big, but um, I keep my keys in there and my phone and that sort of thing. And, and I'm always, I'm always, I can't find my keys. And, you know, I'll go through my purse, I'll take everything out. And I'll say, my keys, I can't find my keys. And I'll be looking around the house and praying and trying to find where they are. And, and I come back, I thought, I've, been, I've taken everything out of my handbag, so obviously it's not in there, but I'll try one more time. And sure enough, when I take it out, there they are. Like, it's just, they just seem to get lost. And then you think that you've... Last night, we were at, um, doing the late barbecue, the 10.30 shift at... Um, Relay for Life, and um, we're standing around, and Ian says, my phone, my phone's gone, someone's taken my phone, and so I'm ringing it, can't hear it, and um, I said, it's probably in the car, so he walks over to the car, it's not in the car, he comes back, and Lockie and Lockie, they're saying, oh, DJ, you know, this is, they're probably used to it, and he's sure this time it's gone for good, but, um, you know, a few minutes later, Adam says, why don't you check in the van? And there it is in the van and it hadn't been stolen and it was there all along. We, we're constantly, you know, thinking that we've lost things, panicking about it, or we, we do lose things sometimes and we're looking for them. And sometimes, a long time later, you find them again. Has anyone ever had that? You've lost something and thought it's gone. And then months later, you found it. Who's had that? Yeah, so it's sort of part of our life. And today, we're going to actually talk about losing something, but not a material thing, but talking about things that we have lost spiritually. Perhaps once you had a great passion for God and it was just, you know, you couldn't hold back. It was just you wanted to be with God all the time and uh, it was just a part of who you were. But you think now, oh, I'm not really like that anymore. Or perhaps once you had great joy that just overwhelmed your life and uh, it was a part of your life. But now other things have just come in and, and joy has been replaced by anxiety or worry. Maybe once you had deep peace because you were able to trust God in everything. But as life's gone on, some of the things that have happened to you, you think, where's that gone? I don't have it anymore like that. Somehow... Some of these things get lost along the way, and often it's because of some of life's experiences. So you might be thinking, all right, Pam, what's this got to do with Elisha? For those of you who haven't been here, we're doing a series on a man from the Old Testament, a prophet called Elisha. And we've had six weeks looking at Elisha, which is from... uh, recorded in the Old Testament in two kings, and we've been looking at lots of different things that he did. He, he sweetened poisoned water to save a community through the power of God. Through the power of God, he raised a boy from the dead, and he provided oil for a widow, which saved their family from starvation and death. He healed an army general of leprosy. And you know, today's miracle or the passage that we're going to look at and the miracle may seem rather odd. But I want you to see that it has something very significant to say to us today. So I invite you to turn your Bibles to 2 Kings. It's in the Old Testament. If you don't have a Bible, then look to the screens and we will uh, follow it there. 2 Kings chapter 6. 
verses 1 to 7. 2 Kings 6, 1 to 7. One day, the group of prophets came to Elisha and told him, As you can see, this place where we meet you with you is too small. Let's go down to the Jordan River where there are plenty of logs. There we can build a new place for us to meet. All right, he told them, go ahead. Please come with us, someone suggested. I will, he said. So he went with them. When they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. But as one of them was cutting a tree, his axe head fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried. It was a borrowed axe. Where did it fall, the man of God asked. When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it into the water at that spot. Then the axe head floated to the surface. Grab it, Elisha said, and the man reached out and grabbed it. That's an interesting story, isn't it? You sort of wonder why would you even, you know, the axe head's gone, it's heavy. In fact, you know, this young prophet was probably like a uni student and iron was very, very um, rare. It was something that cost a lot of money in those days. And so for him to lose that and it was borrowed to pay it back would have been an enormous um, weight on his shoulders. And so I think, first of all, the fact that God does, like really it seems like a pointless miracle in a way, bringing an axe head back to the surface so he could get it back, it sort of seemed like, well, you know, why, you know, why would God worry? The, what, the reason why God worries is because he cares about every detail of our lives. He cares about those things. And he knows what situations we're in and he knows what we need and he actually will go beyond Uh, above and beyond, so that he can help us in those types of circumstances. But I believe that God is actually teaching us more than just that, more than he cares about the the small practical details of life. I think he wants to say more to us than than that today. And so as we look back to verse 6, Elisha throws the stick, and at that moment the axe head floats, and Elisha says, grab it, and the man reached out and grabbed it. I think today God wants to say to us that God knows how to help you find what you didn't mean to lose. God knows how to help you find what you didn't mean to lose. That young man was swinging away and the axe head came off. It was an accident. He didn't mean to do that. But God helped him find it. And the same for us. And today perhaps we're going on in life and um, swinging away and have we lost our spiritual edge? Now, it's great if you haven't. That's wonderful. But um, if you have, and maybe it's just in one small area or another, how have you lost it and when did it happen? Maybe there was a time when you served God in such a way that it made a difference to people. It was amazing. But then you got busy and uh, you didn't have time anymore. And you stopped. And because of that, you um, no longer were able to experience the power of God working through you for others. Maybe you were once very passionate about prayer, but now you sort of are busy. And um, really, you only pray when you're in trouble. And certainly, you don't pray for others anymore. Maybe you had a deep love once for people who were outside of the family of God that really burdened you, that people were on a path to destruction. But now you actually can't remember the last time you had a conversation with someone 
who is not yet a follower of Christ. Maybe once you had Christian friends and you were really close to them and they were a part of your life and they kept you accountable and they are an encouragement to you, but you've got busy and you've drifted apart and so you've just lost that spiritual accountability. Maybe once you had strong Christian values and uh, one compromise at a time. And before long you think, how did I get so far from where I used to be? The reality is that it can happen to any one of us because we have an enemy whose plan is to steal, kill and destroy. That's what he wants to do. He wants to steal our joy. He wants to destroy relationships. He wants to kill our relationship with Jesus. And so maybe once you were a full-time follower of Christ, but things have crowded into your life and now you are a full-time parent maybe or a full-time businessman or a full-time student or teacher or musician and you're only a part-time follower of Christ. You didn't mean to lose your edge, but you did. You didn't mean to stop praying with your husband or wife, but you did. You didn't mean to fall back into those old patterns, but you did. You didn't mean to drift from the love and intimacy of the relationship that you had with God and wake up discouraged and hollow and empty on the inside, but you did. You didn't mean to end up pursuing material possessions and the emptiness that that brings, and if you're honest, Because you did, now you're stuck in this rut of, I just have to get more. You didn't mean to stop reading your Bible. You didn't mean to stop praying. You didn't mean to become a part-time follower of Christ, but you did. So what do you do when you're swinging away and the edge flies off? How do you get your edge back? Let's look at the story of Elisha, and I just think there's two things I want to bring to you this morning that I think will help us understand just two simple things from this story. Verse 6 says, Elisha asks to the young man, where did it fall? Elisha is not saying it's gone forever. He's just saying, where did it fall? Where did you lose it? So the first thing is we have to be honest about where we lost it. We have to think back when did we have great joy? When did we have a great passion about worshipping God and trusting him? When did we have that deep friendship with people where we shared God and that was a part of who we are? When did we um, hear God speaking to us? But now there are so many voices in our head that we don't even, we can't even recognise which voice is God's anymore. When did it happen? We need to be honest and recognise when we lost it and where that happened. And you know, we may as well be honest because often it's obvious to everyone else. For that prophet swinging away and losing the accident, everyone saw it happen. It wasn't a secret. And while at first for us it may not seem as obvious as that, as time goes on it will become clear that we have gradually walked away. So let's be honest before God and, and realize when did it happen? And what area of our life, maybe it's not all areas, but maybe there are areas God's speaking to us and saying, you know, I just want to be, I want a relationship with you. I just want to talk to you. 
You know what it's like when you've got a friend and you never talk to them. You think, are they really a friend? Well, Jesus just wants to talk to us. That's just part of the relationship that he wants to have with us. So that's the first thing. Be honest about where and when you lost it. The second thing is, with God's help, take back what you lost. Our God specializes in helping you find what you didn't mean to lose. Verses 6 and 7 says, When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it in and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and he took it. Elisha said, lift it out. Lift it out. Say to the person next to you, lift it out. With God's help, lift it out. What that means is with God's help, take back what you lost. Take it back with God's help. If you think back over the last week of the Elisha series, only God can send the water. But we have to dig the ditches so that we can receive the water that God's going to send. Only God could multiply the oil, but we have to collect the jars to hold the oil. Only God can heal, but he wants us to dip in the water seven times. Only God can make the axe head float, but he wants us to lift it out. And he wants us to take back what we lost as he brings it back within our reach. Now, the moment you start to think, yeah, I, I can get it back, I can. The moment you start to think that, there's going to be a voice in your head saying, no, you can't. You can't get it back. It's been too long. Or maybe you've gone too far or you've done too much. You can't get it back. But today God has sent me to tell you, it's not too late to be the person that you could have been. It's not too late to get back what you thought you could never have again. It's not too late to have what you used to have and more of God because of his power. You haven't gone too far and you haven't done too much because our God specializes in helping you find what you didn't mean to lose. What's he going to do? He's going to bring it back within your reach. That's what God's going to do. He's going to bring it back within your reach But you have to lift it out. You have to grab it and take it back. You have to go after it and get it. God will bring it back within your reach, but you have to take it. So I think this is what God wants us to do. You do what you can do and trust God to do what you cannot do. That man couldn't make the axe head float. was heavy and it went straight to the bottom of the river and he couldn't get it out himself. He wouldn't have any way of doing that. It was a muddy river, no sight line for it. Where would you find it? So in himself, he couldn't do that. Only God could do that. But when God brought it back within his reach, he could then take it back. Think about it. Can you create in your own spirit a spiritual passion and faith? Can you do that? Can you make that happen? Well, I don't think you can. But in the word of God, it says that faith 
comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we can lift up the word of God and we can receive from that what we need and that will build our faith. That will make us more passionate about God because as we read his word and he tells us his promises and he talks to us about how much he loves us, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, we can take it back just by lifting up the word of God and reading it. Only God can answer prayer. Only God. But we can pray. We can pray even when we don't feel like it. Only God can answer prayer. But we can pray. And you know, only God can convict a person's heart and draw them to love him and to know his love as a, as a saviour. But we can share the truth with someone. We can tell them about it. We can let them know what it's like for us. And we might think, oh, there's going to be questions I don't know how to answer. God will give you the answers if you're willing to put yourself in that place of caring enough about someone to want them to have a destiny that is eternally with God. We can't change their hearts, but we can love them enough to share the truth with them. In Revelation 2, verses 4 and 5, it says, You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. And what does God tell us to do? He says, Repent and do the things you did at first. Do the things you did at first. In other words, if you want what you, want what you once had, you have to do the things you once did. So if you had a close relationship with God, then think back, what did you do for that? And go back and do that. And then when he causes it to float, when he causes the axe to come to the surface, when he causes those things to come within your reach, take them. Because our God is a God of restoration. In the book of Joel, it says, God will restore the years the locust has eaten. So you might think that you've wasted years. You might think, how can I ever get them back? Well, God has made a promise to you that if you reach out and take back, that he will restore to you what was lost. That is God's promise to you. You might have wasted your years in different ways, but God said he will restore them. Our God specializes in bringing back what you didn't mean to lose. What the enemy meant for evil, God turns to good. And I just want to read you God's encouragement for you today in Deuteronomy chapter 30. God, your God, will restore everything you lost. He'll have compassion on you. He'll come back and pick up the pieces from all the places where you were scattered. No matter how far away you end up, God, your God, will get you out of there and bring you back. It will be yours again. He will give you a good life. And you might think, why? Why would God do that? Because he loves you above all. Above all things, he loves you. He loves you. And he specializes in helping people come back to the place where he can have a deep and personal relationship with them. That's God is good. When he makes the axe head float, he had to lift it out. And I say to you today, 
lift it out. Take it back. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, I haven't lost it because I never had it in the first place. That's fair enough. That's, that's perfectly understandable. Maybe you've never had the joy of knowing Christ's forgiveness for you. Maybe you've never, never had the power available to you by our great God. Maybe you've never experienced the supernatural peace of God which transcends your ability to understand the problem. So many of us go through life, we sort of kind of believe in God, we kind of go to church, we kind of try to do good things, but we end up doing the opposite. And we do not fully realize that because of sin, we are separated from a holy God. But because of God's goodness... He has sent his son, Jesus, who was without sin, to become sin for us and to die on a cross so that he could take the penalty for our sins and be, so that we could have forgiveness. And then he was raised again from the dead so that anyone who believes in him, that is everyone here today, anyone who calls on his name will be transformed will be spiritually healed and forgiven totally. doesn't matter what you've done. You will be forgiven and you will be eternally on the path to um, be in the presence of God forever. It's an amazing offer. It's an amazing gift from God himself. So we're going to pray. And I'm going to invite you to close your eyes and just for a moment to um, consider what I've said. There are two things here this morning that I believe how God is speaking. There's people here who maybe you've lost your spiritual edge and God is saying, take it back. I'm bringing it within your reach, take it back. Then if you're one of those people this morning, I want you to put up your hand and say, I'm going to take it back. I am not going to allow myself to drift any further, I'm going to take it back. Or maybe you're a person who's never had it. Maybe you've never known what it's like to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, to be forgiven, to be free from the bondage of guilt that comes because of the things we've done in our life. Then God is saying to you today, it's on offer for you. Do you want it? Let's stand together and we're going to sing invite the team to come. We're going to sing no other name because there's no other way but Jesus. Let's stand. And as we do, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray two prayers. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. We're not singing yet. And if you're a person who is saying, I have lost it and I need it back. If everyone closes their eyes, then I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. I'm going to pray for you today. If you want to come forward, you're welcome, but I'm just asking you, raise your hand and say, yes, I want it back. There's areas of my life that I need to take back, and I'm going to pray for you. God, I pray for these people today who love you, God, but because of maybe busyness or hurts, maybe unforgiveness, that they've just gradually cooled off over time. 
And I pray, God, today that as they reach out to you, God, and they reach out to take a hold of it, that you will empower them, that you will give them incredible vision for the future. The plan that you have for them, God, is for good, to give them a future and a hope. And I pray that as they take a hold of it, that even as they do, that they will feel your Holy Spirit ministering into their hearts to lift them up as they take back what was lost. I thank you, God, that you are bringing it within our reach. And I pray that we will have the courage to do what you've called us to do. Maybe today you are a person who's never had it and you want to say, I actually want my sins forgiven. I need his grace. I need his forgiveness. I need his salvation. Then if you are willing to turn from your sins and to trust him, raise your hand now. Say, yes, I want that. I want his salvation. I want to be free. I want his forgiveness. And I'm going to invite you to say this prayer after me. And everybody can join in just to pray with these people who have raised their hands. Heavenly Father, forgive me for my sins. Make me brand new. I believe Jesus died for me. And he rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I can follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for new life. I give you mine. In Jesus' name. Amen.